0: to experience the ripple effect. effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth, a nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International, and certified trainer, Brett Johnston.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm Jeff Catano. I'm JJ Chinowski. And tonight, we have the man of the hour, Mr. Mike Whitaker, here with us tonight. Woo-hoo. And we're so excited, Michael. It's been a long time coming. know you're so excited to uh, be here. Yeah. Mostly because we know you love to talk. Um, He does love to talk in in metaphorical, you know, uses his hands a lot and things like that, but we're going to tone it down tonight. And, uh, but we're really excited to hear your story, Mike. It's, it's, it really is one for the ages. It's a testament to building Utah youth. It's really a a lot of how building Utah youth came to be, but we want to really make this focused, you know, uh, on you, you and your journey and and you are one of the most mature individuals in this room. Wow. There's the compliment.
2: <laughs> yes, I am the aged in the room.
1: Yeah, that's okay. And let's not forget Mesa. Yeah. Mesa's here and Preston's here. Yeah. Increase that agedness. <laughs> it's all good. It has burned my stripes for sure. You know, Michael, um, you were in this room, especially the first one to attend a report class. Believe that. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. that is true. That is kind of a stunner. Now that I look around the room, I, I would have not uh, put that together there. No, not at all. Wouldn't connect those dots. What year did you attend Leader One? 2000, uh, 2007, I believe.
1: Yeah. and How'd you get there?
2: I got there from my accountant. Uh, he discovered uh, we were discussing what we could do to to launch the company forward a little bit more. And uh, the Sorensons were already involved in that. And so he's like, hey, I'll call them. Which we should say, you know, a lot of a lot of us that are part of the Building Utah Youth Organization know your background, but anyone else that's listening,
1: that's joining us, uh, Mike is part of the Whitaker Construction family. Okay.
2: Yes, I am. I'm a third generation Whitaker Construction Company. Uh, you know, born and raised by it. In it. uh grateful for all the lessons that I got there. But yeah. Literally was born dragging his knuckles. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yes.
1: And the calluses are gone. I've been in the office a little too long. Uh, but I still drag them Yeah. So I uh, would like to get the fast forward version of that, you know, your Whitaker upbringing um, when you joined the company. Because I know you basically okay. joined the company upon, you know, going to work with dad. Oh, but yeah. You know, birth, really, really almost. when, yeah, really when you actually joined the company and started to, you know, embody yourself in what that world was all about, right? Um,
2: well, I mean, it starts off as a as a small child playing with a tractor under my mom's desk while she did AP payroll, um, all of those things within the company, and uh, you know, back in those days, it was hard to find a sitter, and we were very self sufficient, so I got to live under her desk, um. Grant that forward, um, they, they I graduated and they handed me to a mechanic uh, that ran all of the fleet. And he was a very complex person, loved to have the son of the boss under him and uh, and really was hard uh, for a young man to work for. He was, he was, he cracked a whip on me. How old were you? Um, I would guess probably in that time was probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 11, did you really,
1: um, you know, from when you were young underneath the desk at work with mom, you know, did you have develop a passion for the, the business right then and there, or did
2: it take, you know, years later? And I think it definitely took time. However, I got a chance to see him interact. Right. So I, I, I believe, uh, that was the beginning of my love for the blue collar construction worker was during that time to, to see the interactions that they had with each other and they weren't all good. And Yet to see how it always came back to a full plumb, nice level surface, irregardless of how sprung anybody got. Um, certainly as I worked um, out in the field under delvin Jensen, um, great, great guy now, then not so much. Uh, I took lots of liberties with me and my dad allowed that to happen. Uh, I literally um, brought home an issue to, to the house once at dinner. And that was the last time I was ever allowed to do that. My dad lit me up like a Christmas tree at dinner. And pretty much told me if you have a problem with someone, you go work it out with them. You don't work for me; you work for him. You got a problem with him? You go work it out. Uh, you know, duly noted. And I was grateful for that. And you know what I learned from Dylan, um, He was he was that way to everybody. Yet uh, I realized that you can't break me. In that moment, that I had, re- he he really helped me develop thick skin. And go ahead and insult me, give me the bad job, do whatever you want to do. I'm in. I'm focused. I'm going to make it make it work somehow. Right. I'm not going to let you break me
1: and it'll all be okay.
2: It will. And it was, and you know, you know, back then I didn't like him so much and a lot of people didn't yet. Uh, I love the man. I'm grateful for all of those lessons that, that were taught in that, uh, not so kind manner, I guess is what you'd call you it. You always learn the
1: most from those people.
2: Oh yeah. Right. And, and, you know, to, as you, as I look back on it, I think, you know, is he, is he just that way or, you know, I'd imagine sometimes he got a lot of pleasure out of it and I met other, other times he was like, dude, would you quit making
1: me be such a jerk to you? You know, and you just listen and execute. Sounds like being a parent.
2: Bingo. Yeah. And he, and he took some of that responsibility and, and, and gratefully for my upbringing, uh, I was raised in a construction company by everybody and everybody was treated like family. Uh, and I, you know, even from the shop days, we would go out on jobs and, and clean up and do stuff to help, you know, sod and different things like that. A couple of times I got stuffed up a pipe because of my size, um, back in the day when you could do that. And it was also a time of, if you were an owner's son, I was treated like a, uh, farm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't have one of you as my friends work there and go into that hazardous environment and risk being injured or killed. However, I can stuff my son in there. Ah, uh, yeah. Boom. And I did. <laughs> and, and it was fine. Right. And, uh, and I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Graduated through that and really recognized that, you know, each um, task and job I was given, um, you know, as, as far as going out and being a laborer on a crew, uh, you know, I remember vividly one of the first operations I had, I, one of the bigger ones was they sent me out to Wendover uh, to lay a waterline out in the desert. And I was a laborer on the crew and I rode out with a transport. And had my bags and they dumped me off in the desert and uh, spent a whole summer out there chasing rattlesnakes, oh my God. eating dust, and uh, just getting after Whoa. it. And um, really, really, really um, grew as Good a gosh. What was that like going inside a pipe for the first time? It's, you know, it's pretty... Pretty daunting, really. I mean, it, 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 claustrophobia yeah. kind of sets in. I'm really not claustrophobic, but probably am a little more now than I was then. Yet it was, I was focused on accomplishing the task, and I think as a pleaser as we are, a lot of times as we're young, uh, I was, you know, I was, I was executing that. You know, they needed that done. My size, my shoulders fit. You were at that, that moment in time. You were the you were the
1: person for the job. I was, a person and you for were the ready job. to be that person.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and then that extended out, in especially in the Wendover job, I had a little um, gurney I would climb on, and I would grout the joints, and they would slide me down the hole with a bucket of grout. I would grout the joint, and uh, I remember my buddy Stan, Lamakuhu, God rest his soul, beautiful man. Mm. Uh, He had the rope, and they'd start laying pipe, and when I'd get done, he'd look in, and and then he'd drag me out, and when I was done, and we just leapfrogged ourselves uh, across the desert, putting in the water lines for Wendover coming from Wells area and, and it was really 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 uh, an awesome thing and uh, more importantly that you know you, you get the boss's son on your job and I'm sure a bunch of people were like ah damn it this stuff's gonna wind up home I better be on my on my own deals and it and it took a while for a lot of them to recognize it now and nothing left the job site and as I got close to to those foremen and those operators and those pipe layers and laborers they they helped raise me, and I am absolutely grateful for that. I had so many moms and dads and, and uh, powerful influences in the blue-collar community, and they were salt of the earth, shirt off your back. They would do anything, and, and I watched them do some of the most incredible, amazing things, and I recognized what they were able to compel me to do, and I was doing some pretty amazing, incredible things, and, and it just drives you within your life. It really helped create the mic today. It did. It forged me and it was a forging. None of it was easy. And, and I had to recognize that, that, uh, um, being an SOB son of the boss, I needed, you know, I was okay with the low man on the totem pole, whatever you needed. I expected it quite frankly. And I think maybe that was a strength that I began to develop early on was, is that I know you're going to make me do a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do and that you don't want to do. And some of it, you're just going to taunt me and like, okay, do it, you know, and I would stand up in it and I really, at that point in my life and and even now at times, I I really didn't care about getting dirt, mud, grease, grime on me. That was part of the job, right? This is where all the Mike-isms come from. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of them that came from the construction world. You got to break things down you got to have some fun and you got to find levity. I definitely learned that from them because when the shit hits the fan, you really need to find a way to smile and just get through it and grow. And, and I did that so many times with so many different uh, people and crews that uh, it really just became, that's just what we did. We almost like looked forward to, you know, at some point something's going South on us here. And I wonder how we're going to get through that. Right. And, uh, and the leadership and the strength that, that I was taught throughout the community. And then it was, you know, my, my parents reinforced it. Um, We worked. Right. And, and that was what we did. And work wasn't a bad thing. You know, I literally got introduced to the construction company. That was when I get to spend time with my dad. You know, I, i I vividly remember in North Ogden lift station as a kid that I, you know, we would go on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays when the crews weren't there and we'd clean Mm. paint. Um, And that's the time I had a chance to spend some quality time with my dad because he was always working and dang, I, I thought that was awesome. Because it was awesome. It was, you know, and, yeah. I, and I get a little bitter today. We can't, we can't bring our kids out there. And that helped me get a passion for what we do to see some things get built and to realize, man, this is going to pump water to the city. You know, I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. And to get to clean this off and look what that looks like and, and sweat a little and more importantly, stand elbow to elbow with your dad.
3: Well, and you know, as you talk, Mike, I think about the listeners, the young kids that are going to be listening to you and you talk about Wendover and and laying pipe from Wells to Wendover and you alluded that you were raised by a lot of dads. And I think the lesson for me as I listen to you is no matter what job you're going to start at the bottom, but as you progress in your career, those lessons like where you're at today, you can be very intelligent when you're bidding or talking about a job to make better decisions for the crews as they're going forward. But one of the best things that I loved about your story, the short part, is the attitude, the mindset. Oh, okay. And that mindset is so important throughout your career. And that's one thing is we start with Mike. You know you said he might be the oldest in the room, but he's probably the youngest oh yeah in the room at heart yes. yeah, so he might <laughs> at age wise yeah. but you know we're in a boardroom he's the youngest kid in the room and I love that about you so you know there's there's Mike's superpower <laughs> it is you know and not to take too much of that but I I wanna as I sit here I'm like, what are the kids I want them to suck? As much education from you. And that's what I got in the short part. So please continue. Oh, and
1: think about the, the trust Mike that your dad had in, in these men. Oh yeah. That's what that it, is kind of remarkable. I mean, you turn and around literally at tossed me to the wolves. Yeah. He knew. And he was like, no, we're good. Yeah. These are, these are, these are the greatest people I know on the mm-hmm. planet. And, and I know that they're going to give you it. They're going to help mm-hmm. you build that foundation of who Mike is moving forward in his life. I know you took that, you know, finishing school and then and then off to college. You kinda took these principles and this foundation that you had forged into that oh, arena. It was so powerful to to live that and go through those moments and and
2: those projects that we would build and the hours we would log. When I went to college, uh, yeah, I, I was I was good to go. I needed that break and, and that was a wonderful thing with the construction world that it did for me relative to college was is I had a summer where I worked my body and then I'd go back to school and I was so ready to crack a book and and and, and get after it that my focus was, was really where it's supposed to be. But by the end of the spring, oh God, I needed to go kick a shovel. I was so done with having all of that work hanging over my shoulders all the time. And it pushed me into that construction environment where I gave the very best that I had and really got into it and was really looking forward to it. So there was they were bookends that kept me going, right? And then to be raised by a blue-collar family like that, um, you get into college and you start all these um, attitudes and these people start pushing around. And I remember uh, vividly in the, in the Sigma Chi fraternity, there was one guy I called Bill, um, and he, he had a young kid from Chicago, real small stature kid, and, and he, was a, he was a tough guy. and he, So that was Billy's pet. They called him and he, he used to taunt him relentlessly. And what I recognized with me is I found myself crowding this bully, so to speak. And he really wasn't a bully. He was just having fun with it. And I wanted to stand near the flame, see if I'd get burned. Because I,
1: I hang out with people that would eat this guy. You're like, lunch. I got guys in my life right now that would, that would make you into a mud hole. Buddy. Oh, completely. <laughs> into a puddle, right? Yeah. So I was just like,
2: yeah, bring it. Let's see what you got. You know, I'm, I'm okay yeah. getting stung. And, and as a result, there was no sting in there. Mm. He just noticed everybody would flee and then he'd look over and there. I'd be standing. So we had to be pretty good friends. Um, and I was like, Oh, huh, interesting. Thanks to the blue collar raising. Thanks to those men and women that, uh, that made life not so easy on me. Um, it, 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 completely came out in that moment. And, and it also drove me to, to contribute and to participate. And I mean, a lot of that came from my mother. She was very active uh, within the Eagles lodge and giving of her time and all of that to her. It was something that, I mean, I, who wants to be house manager of a fraternity house, right? Have these men keep the bathrooms clean. I mean, sounds like a thankless job. It is by the way, I volunteer, you know, I, I ran for that office and I was the house manager and managed a bunch of that stuff. And then I wound up, uh, rising up through the ranks and I became uh, the consul or the president of the fraternity. And wow, the lessons that were taught and forged in that in that fraternal environment of uh, um, certainly strength and attitude and, and learning about others. I, I quickly, you know, one of our mottos is, you know, and, and I won't read the whole thing, but different, you know, friendship among members with different temperaments, talents and convictions mm. uh, is far superior basically to, to hanging around with a bunch of people that are the same. Absolutely. And it is so true. And I had a chance to physically see that play out in that fraternity house because there were people from Chicago, from San Francisco, from New York, and they're really, um, they come at a really tough angle and they're really hard for a nice kid, quote unquote, from Utah to like take, right? So you, you find yourself in a circumstance where I'm not budging, he's not budging, He's being a real jerk. I'm still coming from the soft thing. Finally, I start stiffing up and getting a finger in his chest. Yet we have to figure it out together because neither, neither of us are leaving. And it created that opportunity that I recognize now that I allowed and showed them how to lighten up a little bit. And, and they gave me that ability to, hey, dude, you need to stiffen up and come at a little bit more obtuse angle than you're coming. And, and let's just get through this and get on. And I see that in my life. Um, and I gravitate towards those circumstances and those situations. I like people that are different. Um, it's makes for some awkward moments. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: Engaging in that awkward conversation. That's real growth and awareness. Oh, absolutely. Talking about perspective. Yeah. And it's always fun. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's never dull. And it's just like, where in the, are they going? (laughs) And then you're like, wow, that looks fun. Uh, and let me catch up. (laughs) Um, because I would have never considered that that was an option, right?
1: You know, and that's yeah. getting to be something that's more and more as you grew up here in, in you know, northern uh, Utah, you know, the demographic, uh, you know, it, it, it's not very broad, right? There's not a lot of, of different perspectives and, and different, you know, life experiences, and it's it's beginning to change, you know. Very much so. Um, and, and the other thing that's changed that is, people being able to be more flexible in where they work and how they work and being able to move more and all that and being able to really experience and learn from diversity, you know, different perspectives. Oh yeah. And I'm grateful
2: that it's happening. Uh, it makes it a funner place. That it makes it fun and awkward both. Right. Awkward
1: is fun. If you really think about it. Yeah. It's like if people only listen to the same news station, they only get the same news. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, as you think back to leaving, uh, you know, college, Mm-hmm. And, you know, diving in head first, both feet right into that puddle, that mud hole. Yeah. We know the Mike isms, um, <laughs> the pit, uh, you know, that's when it really starts to, to
2: grow lakes. Oh, gross lakes big yeah. time. Yeah. As I graduated college, you know, when I, I was finishing college, I had an opportunity to be a project engineer on a building, a sewer system for the city of Bellevue, Idaho, which is just uh, outside of Haley um, up near Ketchum. And wow, what an awesome experience that was. I had a chance to go out and interact with uh, certainly homeowners to, to work things out, track quantities. The first fax machine I ever saw.
1: Ooh, it was awesome. Yeah, uh, we actually <laughs> wow, bought one. And listeners we, are like laughing about a fax machine <laughs> or that? the kids are going, what's a fax machine? Oh, yeah, exactly. It was
2: big time. We bought one. And we, when we left the job, we, it was a contract requirement to leave it with the city because that was the city's first fax machine also. And so, you know, to be able to work and, and, and develop, um, in that, in a little different, con- you know, position other than building it, and it was, I was organizing things so that it could be built. And that's a, it's a little different twist on it. And it was very valuable for me to do that because I, I remember coming back from that project and, uh, my mentor, Bob Phillips, God rest his soul. He, uh, he brought me in and he just says, Hey man, I, I would like to bring you in the office and, and train you to be an estimator. It's like, Oh, okay. Right. Well, you
1: know, whatever that means. And as I work, yeah, you're going to be responsible for whether or not we make money on a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you going to, you got to feed the crews now. And if you
2: don't, there's a lot of families that are going to go hungry. So let's get this right. And uh, I, I mentored under him and I, and, and it was a, just an incredible experience. And he gave, he was also one of those that would give you those opportunities to fail and then you'd come back and, and then he would download you. Right. What happened? What did they do when you said that, right? He'd even set me up. Yeah, go over there and tell him this. And uh, knowing full and well, I was going to get blown up as soon as it came out of my mouth. Mm. And then I'd come back and I'd be like, wow, really? And he's like, hey, you better start listening closer. Uh, you knew that probably wasn't the right thing to do. But however, what happened? What did you learn? Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do next time? I was like, okay, right? And uh, working through a lot of that. And gosh, I think it was two years in. And I remember he came to my office and he's like, hey, you know takes about five years probably to, to develop an estimator and i know you're only two years in but welcome to the fifth year um you're on here's here's i'm gonna start giving you it's more go jobs. times and you know that was uh you know kind of horrifying a little bit yet it was validating probably the bigger part is validating that i'm i was on the right path i was in the right lane and then i got a chance to start bidding jobs and that and and he and i bid some some really big jobs we've we bid the jobs to do the, all the utilities up at Jordan L State Park, um, over at Rock Cliff. Um, uh, we, we bid a lot of amazing jobs, and I learned an awful lot from him, and he was a mentor to several people within our organization. And, uh, you know, that just led me and compelled me to keep doing better. And then also recognizing the good setup or the poor setup that I would have with the, with the crews on the estimates that I would put together. And then do I bring those forward and how did I communicate those with them? Uh, Literally was at the time when we began doing um, scorecards and uh, we had a big job out at uh, putting a sewer system in out at uh, Morton Thiokol, the space rocket Mm -hmm. company that was just west of Brigham City. And um, I was responsible to go out and take those, that feedback to the crew. And I just, I figured this is how you do it. You stop the crew and you bring everybody in. Pipe layer, labor, I didn't even care if the inspector was standing there. I'm like, get in here, I'll show you where we're at. And I I was taught not to hide anything. So we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a lot of them didn't like that. Yet I figured if, if you're failing, I had to tell you, or if something isn't working, if I tell you, you can probably fix it. I can't. All I can do is bring the information to you, and hopefully I get it to you quick enough that we can do something about it to resolve it. And I began to get a great rapport with the teams because man, who doesn't like
1: some feedback? Who doesn't like some Cheerios or something? Yeah, when they when when you have that level of trust and understanding, that respect, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it worked worked really well, and it
2: was awesome, frankly, to to hit that point. And I think that helped me because I was always you know one of the one of the crew members. Still, I just had this other position in the office, and we drove that stuff forward. And grew a great deal. i um, grateful for all of those experiences. Of course, they led me to ultimately uh, um, follow in my uncle's footsteps and uh, become the president of the company. I believe, believe it was
1: 2015. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I got to it was 2015, gotta, Michael. Okay.
2: Thank you. I'm glad somebody's major. Read the resume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't look at that. Right. I don't look at that rearview mirror very often too busy looking forward as to what are the opportunities and what can we do yet? Um, that was certainly something as I looked at that family business that I would have loved, you know, I would love to follow in my parents' footsteps and be in my, you know, and all that. And and literally it was um, ties back. Yes. to My father, but my grandfather, Mm. uh, the founder of the company, I was really close to him and we did a lot of things together and I don't know what it was. We just had that connection. And honestly, I, I, I still to this day recognize and I, I'm a very spiritual man and I, I know I have a reckoning someday and I'm going to see him Mm. one day. And, uh, everything I'm doing is in that vein, um, to make that a good reunion so that I've honored his name and his legacy and the hard work that he put in and the path that he put me on and where I've been able to grow it and to take it, which is quite remarkable. Frankly, uh, and it and it goes to the credit, you know, always goes out to the teams. I just happened to be in a position uh, to where I had some things to say. I had some control, um, and we were able to just drive that forward on behalf of the blue collar worker because that's who I am. Um, those are the, that's who I love, and I don't believe that uh, there's enough credit given to those those people on our on the planet that are out there grinding and doing those jobs. Because honestly, they are amazing. I mean, I, I liken it some of the jobs that we do. It's like open heart surgery uh, when we when we go in and dig up these water mains and these sewer mains, and we're in these intersections. Yet we don't get the courtesy of a operating room with with nobody gets the There's nothing go. sterile about the environment. Oh, absolutely not. You've got people walking, driving, flipping you off, throwing stuff at you. All those things. Nobody wants you there. Uh, yet there we are with that carotid artery in our hand. Um, taking all that abuse, mm. and it takes a special person to be able to stay focused on that and do that. and that was uh, and is an incredible thing and that's one of the things that drives me is to continue to do that and to to have those men and women recognize how awesome they are for what they do. So it's not just oh you don't have to be a CEO, you don't have to be a computer designer or anything like that. You can be the best operator, the best pipe player the best project engineer, project manager to help build things and create impact in lives. I mean, I don't know. I'd say underground plumbing's probably one of the greatest inventions on the planet. It's one of my favorite, right? Yeah. I prefer when I flush the toilet (laughs) that it doesn't stay there and it doesn't come back. It leaves. (laughs) And that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) And we create opportunity within that. And uh, it just gets... You know, he gets buried and nobody sees it. And we're just angry because you screwed up my drive to work today.
1: You know, as I listened to you talk, Mike, you you guys, I mean, there isn't a soul that's been to a a billion Utah youth graduation for years that hasn't heard in some fashion or form that life shows up on a random (laughs) you know, Thursday or or whatever the class day is. and, 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 you know, drags you to your knees. And that's what life's all about. And everything that you've talked about, you know, from the moment that you were underneath the desk, you know, recognizing at that moment as you take a moment and look back at that and your mom being there and everything that she was in charge of. And now you have teams of people that run those departments. And, and that was mom's job. And yeah, and yeah, it was mom's job. And Michael was underneath the desk playing with tractors, you know, and you fast forward that and all the opportunities you've talked about life continued to show up on a random day. And you still have a choice. And JJ talked about the attitude and the attitude is what it's all about. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's when you have that positive attitude, when you have that positive outlook, you can make it whatever you want. Yeah, You know, you turn lemons into lemonade, right? But that continues to show up over and over again, the challenges in the fraternity, the challenges at college, the challenges of, you know, being the, uh, not all the F and G, but the Sob, son Sob of the boss, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and being the SOB, I mean, that's, that's, the, it, there's so many out there that can relate to that, but not just in that sense. It's like their circles that they run in, you know, families run in circles and they have, you know, people that impact them. Your, your parents have friends, their friends, you look up to those, those people. And sometimes those friends, are a little hard on you because they look at you as their own kids and it and it that's the way it rolls around but when i heard you talking about your mom and your dad and taking over the role of president i want to just slide back a couple of notches to you going to leadership breakthrough 1 where we started in 2007 and how that impacted your life cuz you were already a great husband i didn't actually we'll go so we're going to we're going <laughs> to but 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 a great man you know, and a, a great I was friend for my family, great absolutely. friend, like mm-hmm. in, in your mind, you were working that hard for your family, right? Absolutely. And providing for them just like your dad did. And yep. just like your grandfather. Yeah. That was the script
2: and everybody I worked with, you know, they taught me to be willful yep. yeah, we're going to get there. Just don't know how.
1: And you've carried that into the core values of Whitaker. That's a big piece of those core values. Yes. When you read through those core values, it's like, that's a human that lives inside of that and that's where that was created from but as you think back to that journey and starting that self-reflection journey and holding up that mirror you know how did that taste for you oh I was I tell you going like going back like L, the
2: lb1 experience yes it was I uh, realized uh, as I as I went through that again it was it's very very hard um, to, to stare yourself in the mirror like that um, and not like what you see it recognize that you can do something about it And um, as I as I went through that and I just went for it, I, you know, I really recognized um, that uh, in every organization, in families and things like that, uh, somebody's the one. Um, And I recognized and I I even wrote it in some of my statements is that, you know, I'm I'm the spark that's going to create the fire that's going to ignite this um, into something different. Uh, and, and not that it wasn't good or great where it was, it was awesome. It really was. It was a great experience and great people and all of that. And and I knew with that, there could be so much more. And I recognized through LB one, it brought out that point that somebody needs to ring the bell. Somebody needs to create that, that energy and that, and that focus. And I, I, I made that commitment at that time that uh, why not me? Um, I'm, I'm up and coming. I'm a family member. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got the experience. I've got some education. Um, Let's do this. And uh, you know, in that vein as well, you know, the irony of that is I I got back from the training and I, I believe I sponsored 18 people to go to Vegas and go through the training. I was able to convince uh, my dad and his brothers that it was a good idea. And uh, in doing so uh, it was a great idea, except for uh, I walked on high for like an entire year. Um, where I was going to Vegas sometimes twice a week and to go to Vegas from Logan is literally like a 24 hour experience. Yeah. You burn a full day. Oh yeah. You leave in the morning and then you get back really late at night and then you get up and you go grind. And it was, it was a, it was a struggle and it created some conflict with my marriage. Yeah. Which is why (laughs) Chalet was so excited to go. Oh, she was so (laughs) excited to go. She almost went to Harrah's and went shopping (laughs) instead. I'm so glad she didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. She gave me a five minute speech about why she hates rapport because I was so high on it when I would come back and, you know, she's like, Hey, I didn't go to the desert and find myself <laughs> a little tired of hearing that, you know, bring it down a notch or two. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was really hard to do cause I kept getting jacked up yet my, you know, and my, my father really did well with it. He's like, you know, Hey, this stuff backs off eventually. And he says, it's a good thing that it slows down a little bit on you so you can sort some other stuff out and and, and drive the training forward and, uh, you know, getting a little piece of it once or twice a week keeps you on high and keeps you riding and going. And, 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 and I'd like to say that there were still good things that came from that. There was great energy. Um, I was able to help people overcome
1: things. A lot of momentum, yeah, usually, a lot of relationship building yeah, happening yeah. at that time. Oh, a lot of relationship yeah. building going on at that time. For, forging, key. forging some key, key people inside
2: of, of, Whitaker. Oh, inside of that organization. Yeah. And then, uh, Showing them, because I mean, bottom line, I just wanted to share what I'd found out about myself. And I thought, boy, it'd be interesting to see what my brother would find out about himself or what this operator, this foreman, or what this person would find out about themselves that have done all these great things for me. And uh, to share that with them was incredible. And it brought us to, uh, uh, brought that family connection deeper. And uh, honestly, you know, at our company, when when the crap hits the fan uh, there are no arms that go up except for to dive on that fan and wrestle it and to figure out what are we going to do with it irrespective of what's coming at them. And, and they're very, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I know that the rapport training brought out and continues to bring out that within our organization. And it's a gift. um, Certainly where, um, where I stand um, i I feel my 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 part of my role in life is to elevate the position of the blue collar worker, specifically the ones that work for the Whitaker companies and I get a chance to do that. I get an opportunity every single day to do that through our interactions, through the opportunities through the challenges, through um, watching somebody just get their butts kicked and then be able to spin a positive moment out of it right mm. that there's a piece of corn in that sandwich that they're eating <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is good. There's something good in every bad situation is what I recognize. Certainly as I've grown up and, and you know, when you do sewer for that year, your poops are soup kind of a thing, <laughs> um, which is awful. I need to write that down. You know, don't. But, yeah. But sometimes all, I think sometimes awful, it sticks in your mind, right? And yeah. I, don't, I don't really want awful to stick in your mind. I just want you to get the point, not forget the joke and realize that, yeah, you're in life going to get served up some stuff that are not so tasty and they're really nasty sometimes. Yet, guess what? You're going to eat it. You're going to go through it. Uh, so look while you're going through and find something that you can grab onto. There is something good in that experience that's going to help you down the road. Guaranteed. There's probably a handful of things. Don't miss the message when you're going through the crappy moment. That's and
1: and that's the that's the point of the whole thing right there is not, not, not you know, taking the opportunity after to stop and think about what you just experienced, mm-hmm. learned, and what is the message, right? And then that message is what you carry forward. And at that moment in time, when you went to class, that's also when your journey with building Utah youth began. Ah,
2: That is, I, I, I recall um, coming across the desert with uh, Chad Sorensen and my hacked up voice, and I was grateful that he came my graduation. Frankly, I did not expect that and it was awesome to see him standing on the chairs behind me and the debrief across the desert, headed to the airport, uh, Building Utah Youth came up and he's like, hey man, we're doing this little deal for the youth. Um, I don't know if you guys would be interested or if you'd be interested uh, but making some 15 to 18 year old kids feel like you feel right now. And yeah, there was no doubt about it. You know, certainly of, how how old how old were your kids at the time? Oh boy, they were small. Yeah, they were. I uh, I'm not even sure.
1: It yeah. can be
2: a roundabout. It, it does not. Uh, yeah, they sure. were roundabouts in the sevens tens areas. Mm-hmm. They were they were quite young. Yet I, I of course we always go right to our kids, right? Yet I I did that and then I took it a, another leg further, right? What about all my these team. men and women that my family raised works. me? They got yeah. kids too. Yeah. How cool would that be to to help? with their kids as well, right? You're part of our company. I want your kids to have access to this. Um, You know, and then that that led ultimately to a board meeting um, at Peterson Incorporated's uh, boardroom and they brought in two recent teen graduates um, and uh, they just uh, came in and there was, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us in the room, all adults, and they walked in and made eye contact and projected and they absolutely nailed their speeches to us and they came from the heart Mm -hmm. and you know that was just crazy to me there's no way i could do that at that age no i was out no I, i struggled in that and to see that was just so compelling and it was like oh yeah yeah i'm in for sure with this for our youth because this is what will help us Um, in the future, this helps us. This is an anti-bullying. This is an anti-suicide.
3: Yes.
1: This is a self, um, preserving accountability. This is about love. Yeah. This is about living. Mm -hmm. This is about accountability and responsibility and giving focus and, and dreaming big, right. Mm -hmm. And creating that best version and realizing that I am enough that you are.
2: And I can, I can drive that forward because that I didn't exist in me as a kid. I fought for it, but I didn't, you know. And then, of course, Caddyshack was on, so you want to be a construction worker? You dig holes and cover them up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to do that. Come and try that today. I dare you. And I say try that because you will fail, actually, in trying it because it's not so
1: easy to dig a hole today. And I think back, I mean, that's 15, 16, come up on 16 years ago. And, um, I mean, the amount of teens that have been impacted at this, from this opportunity is just, beautiful and amazing and our, our kids you know um mesa and preston mm-hmm. and and it all My starts daughter. somewhere right yeah. yeah yeah i mean it all starts somewhere and and it's a game changer it's like everybody goes well what's the real value it's unmeasurable you, you can't even measure it oh it, no it's, i it's, even look at it this way if,
2: if your kid doesn't carjack me it's a win yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, even if it's
2: boil it right down to that simple component. of, Or
3: they stop hanging out with kids that are bringing them down and taking them mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. I or- mean, I, I think as you're talking and I always have to bring it back to the audience. I mean, your first experience, it lasted a year. You're on a high. Mm-hmm. And if you could just share with us, what was your biggest takeaway from that LB1 class? I mean, oh. what was the I mean, if you could say one thing. I know there was a lot because we've talked.
2: Yeah, no, the uh, certainly the vulnerability comes to mind. And then um, the recognition of what was the opportunity in front of me that I had. If I could push through the uncomfortableness and the doubt and all of that to actually somehow become that spark that created that fire of growth. I mean, that, I just keep going back to that. And, I, and that's actually was in a little bit of my mission statement that I am, you know, I, I realized that I think at that moment that I'm the one that 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 needs to create this this fire because I see this and I was raised by these people. And let's let's elevate them and, that, and let's draw in these other people. and Let's get them this training so that they can see how awesome they are. Right. Just like uh, with our kids. Right. This training puts that into our kids minds is if you go through this training as a youth, you will understand and see what your parents see in you. It comes out and it's so powerful because, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just my mom. You're supposed to say that. No, no, they're, they're shooting us straight. Uh, we're just not believing it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Mike,
1: you, you, you've led Whitaker for, you know, coming up on eight years in, in many different ways and that was a gift that just keeps on giving i mean there's just been tremendous growth and you've created tremendous opportunity for so many to to be a part of that family and yet i would be doing you a disservice when you just mentioned vulnerability a minute ago um you know you've been blessed man like so many blessings you know your 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 family um you know the company the the family there just the blessings are just everywhere and yet you've had a couple of years of just some tough tough years man oh yeah i've been smoked for the last uh oh, crap
2: probably 4 yeah. 5 years um had a you know had a major crash truck busted myself up a bit and uh you know not good um went through a period at that time where uh um of course covid came in and and smothered us And, uh, at that time, my mom and dad were down in Yuma, Arizona. They went there every year. And I, you know, I had this great opportunity to fly my dad back in a, in a jet service plane. And, you know, I don't know, I'm sure he's been on one in his life, but I was like, I'm going to scratch up the money and I want to fly down and get him and my mom and bring him back for Christmas. That was my plan. And COVID ruined that plan. He was cagey, didn't want to take the tests. So he, he, he chose not and you know probably it was roughly i think it was a month and a half later he uh, was out jeeping with his friends and such a beautiful man he got out of the jeep and they were up on this big mountain and he turned around and flipped a bunch of crap to some of his buddies like he always does uh he took four steps and fell flat on his face dead mm. um and gratefully you know the the jeep club that was there there was a there was a, a woman that held his hand They held uh, blankets over him um, while they did CPR on him and out in the desert somewhere. And I'll just tell you, if you're in the desert and you go down and you're with 70- and 80-year-old men, you're dead. You're going to die. You're not coming back with that experience, right? And and I can laugh at it because, you know, it's just true, man. CPR is hard. And, you know, he. I look at it that way and and I find peace in it because uh, he got the fast pass. And he was doing Um, what he loved. Yeah, and he was on high and just gave some guys some stuff. And then more importantly, to see how the team uh, that he hangs with, how they rallied around him, how they rallied around my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, We were able to get down there that night and spend some time with my mom and, and work through that, which was, was really bad. Yet I, you know, I was a focus on my mother at that point. So there was really no grieving for my father. I mean, there was, and it was a stink to get him to COVID. You know, they, they, they took him into California. Yay. And not that I hate California, I just hate their politics and their BS. And, and he was stuck there for, gosh, it seemed like forever, three, four weeks before we could even get his body back. And, and to to work with my mom and to help her understand that. And, and then simultaneously with my mother, she winds up uh, um, with ALS. So it's like, here, we're going to serve you up with this. Now, my mother was one of those people that went and ran and and did and did and did and did and did.
1: Um, Cereal and, giver
2: Oh yeah Giver up and down the Big stairs time. Doing laundry She was such a great person And then to take her legs Away from her Take her hands away from her And twist her up Like a pretzel um, You know It was really hard To go through that And to recognize You know what You know at that time What do we have to give And really You know and I, I'm so grateful for For my family And for my children And we're a little Left to center So um, We would go taunt my mother and especially Mesa, especially Mesa. She was really close with her and we taunted her and nobody taunts the dying person that has the disease except us apparently. (laughs) And it gave her and, and she would just blossom when we would taunt her um, because you treated her normal. Nobody treated her normally. She still had that fire.
1: Oh, the fire. Oh yeah. That fire
2: was roaring. Didn't know. Couldn't get her legs to work. Couldn't get things to go. Right. So we went through all of that with her. And, and then, you know, ultimately on mother's day, um, we were there and, uh, I think Mesa killed her. She was laying on her. (laughs)
0: That's awful. I did not.
2: Okay. She didn't. She was laying on her catheter (laughs) and I think she had to pee and, um, no, the
1: beautiful thing. I teased that um, because it does help. This is this is if oh you gosh. if you want to know the Whitakers, <laughs> here you go. Yeah, this you is know, so, this is very vulnerable. Yeah, very beautiful.
2: Um, bad circumstance, I guess. So Mesa laying on her on her bed with her, uh, my oldest daughter rubbing her feet, and um, and she passed, um, as we were there, and uh, as bad as it, as it kind of kind of is to lose somebody, um, wow. It's incredibly peaceful and beautiful, and, you know, I still can see her laying there where um, they actually, my wife straightened her legs out. Um, It was the first time I saw her laying um, with her feet and sticking up on her knees where they should be and and at rest, and it was just so hard to watch her suffer, Um, yet it was also quite a blessing. Um, and a lot of good things in life come out that way, right? Yeah. What was the message like? Oh gosh, so many messages, but the message is to, you know, to live, to, to go, to do, to, to be vulnerable with each other, to give of oneself and to give of oneself means most importantly, to give of your time. That's the most precious asset we have. And can we give of our time to others in the pursuit of something good? and something positive, and creating a good impact, right? My mom made an incredible impact. My dad had an incredible impact on me and my brother and virtually anybody they came in contact with. That was the objective. And even in you know bad situations, they, they somehow found a way to do that. And I hope in some small way I've picked up a little bit of that. To be able you gotta to carry the that, torch, yeah, that spark, that yeah, fire, gotta gotta keep it going. And you know, so you know, with the irony of that throttling that I've been taking, um, the most incredible things have happened within the company. Um, crazy, incredible things in terms of growth, in terms of uh, structure change, and things of that nature. That uh, wow, right when it when it's at its darkest, it's also at its lightest and brightest just need to look up or left or right to find it. It's maybe not right where I want it. It's there. And if you can persevere and stay in the cut, like we say in the construction industry, if you're running a dozer or something, you're making a cut, right? Let's just stay in that cut and keep going. Um, Good things will happen. Good impacts will happen. And I'm just I, you know, I'm not going to get down on my knees and stink like you know what. I'm going to get back up. You're going to knock me down. I'm going to get back up. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, probably one of the greatest lessons in life that I've learned. Um, you're going to get knocked down. I'm going to get back up. And if you knock me down, you better not be standing around waiting for me to get back up unless you're a really big hoss. Um, <laughs> I'm not very big, but uh, not going to stay down, right? And uh, keep driving it forward. So. In those pain points, uh, I would just tell the audience to look again for that good thing. Look where you can give, you know, to go give of my time to, to, the, to building Utah youth, to um, the employees of Whitaker. And, you know, even in their bad moments to just, I see gaps, right? Just to at least explain to them what I see. And when they're down in the mouth about how bad it is, it's, I think it's all of our responsibilities. If we see something good to shine a light on it. Say, hey, man, you're right. That really blows. Look at that little gem over there that you hadn't seen. And I just want to have you look at it and maybe pick it
1: up because it's good. It's the darkness that really starts to help us bring light onto our why and our purpose and our reason for being. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. And that's where you'll find it. No doubt about it. Just the don't woe me, you know, maybe just for a second. And then chase that out of your head. And uh, what next? And how do I get out of here? And how do I change this? And how do I pivot? How
1: That's I where we pivot X? to. We pivot. We pivot to what's next. Because, you know, we always ask. JJ always asks. We, JJ, ask the
3: question. So, Mike, you know, one of my favorite questions is, you know, the the next steps, the next five years. Where are you heading? And, and what what's the roadmap that you're you're heading towards and you know, and, and even before I get there, so keep that in the back of your mind. One thing that we, as a group, the board and all of building Utah youth and all the graduates know givers gain. And you're, you're such a big part of that. And your mother, I never met her. I'm sad that I never did, but you left out one part. And if it's okay, I'd like to bring it up. One of the things at the very end of her life, what did she say to you with her money?
2: Oh, she, uh, we were giving away some of her, uh, some of her money. And uh, she, um, she was very about the kids. And uh, I believe the number was at $10,000. Yes. She uh, wanted to make sure to give the biggest gift that she could give. I think the other charities she gave in the $5,000 range. And she was, i um, so impressed with building Utah youth. And she was, you know, around in some of the original galas and came to those and, the work that we continue to do, she was all over it. And she's like, I want to make sure to give them that money because of the impact you're having on the youth. And um, she put her money where her mouth was for sure.
3: And and as you're listening to this, everybody that's listening, you can give back to Building Utah Youth. You can uh, reach out to us. You can reach us on, you know, the the web, buildingutayouth.org, or just reach out to us on Facebook um, there's nothing bigger in life than giving a child a chance to become the best version of themselves. And that's what your mother, yeah. that's what your dad, your grandfather, you, Mesa, this whole group sitting here. And I, I'm just damn lucky to be just a small part of it. And and that's the other part, Brett. We talk about the ripple effect. And every graduate is a ripple. You're a ripple. Oh yeah. And I, I'm grateful that I got to be part of this group. But going back to my question next five years, Oh, what do you see? I'm going to park it
2: before the next five years and just say, Hey, as far as being part of this board, I've received more than I've given. And I'm just, I've been a part of it as a board member. And I've had the pleasure to be the, the chairman, the president, whatever title you want to throw at it yet to watch the board go from several people to a few people, and then balloon back up to several people on that board has been so awesome for me as an individual to realize that, yeah, the stuff that I find valuable, they find valuable yet those monthly meetings, a lot of times people are like, ah, I got to go do that, that thing that I do. Right. I walk out of our board meetings invigorated just by being around you. So, you know, if you have an opportunity, if you've been through the training, and you want to participate in the board of directors, um, it's a great way to recharge your soul on a monthly basis, even and participate in the committees. Cause we have oh, the yes,
1: so many committees,
2: great, yeah. great opportunities yeah. with our committees to give back to the kids and to make that impact. Right. Um, so the next five years, uh, uh to continue to, to work and develop, um, building Utah youth, um, um, all of us in here recognize, and we have several of us that are on the, on the building committee, um, to find a place to house us so that we can do more training so that we can have a greater impact on our youth. Uh, it's, it's, it's needed now more than ever. Mm. Um, Family-wise, spend more time with my wife. That's right. Um, spend some time with my, uh, with my kids. Um, continue to grow the legacy of Whitaker Construction mm. and the Whitaker companies. Um, we are currently 100% employee-owned. Mm. And uh, to um, communicate those benefits to the employee-owners, to find people that want to join our team, to find opportunities um, anywhere in the country that we can uh, create our footprint and bring our style and bring our construction services or whatever. I, I don't know if it's going to all stay in the construction. Um, we're looking to acquire some companies. And we're looking to continue to grow the, grow the business. And my, my lead there is going to be um, um, continuing to create that vision Uh, continuing to uh, get that succession dialed in two or three deep every position and continue to attract train and educate um, blue collar construction workers and elevate their position. Um, I've done that, but I'm not done. Um, I don't, I still don't believe that the, that they get the, it's just getting started. Yeah. We're going to still roll that out. And I, you know, I don't know that I plan on, I don't know what I would do if I retired. I think I'd, My wife would. She's not ready for that. No, she's not ready. But she is ready for some of that you time. Yes. Yeah. She is, and and to observe how our relationship keeps evolving, and and I owe her that because she was so good while we were raising our kids. I was out slaying the dragon more than I was home. I did participate in the raising of my kids, though I wasn't completely gone. I made sure that those moments were there, and they were awesome. Um, yet I didn't get them all like I wanted, like she did. And, uh, it was exhausting for her mm. and, uh, I look forward to traveling and doing some stuff with her and creating a bigger impact, uh, around her and our family.
0: Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.